Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blockchain Expert Insights podcast. It's a lovely um, Thursday afternoon here in Galway, and I'm delighted to welcome Sersha Mulligan, who's the founder of the SME chain, um, on today's podcast. Hello, Sersha. Hi, Trevor, and hello to everybody out there. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in to us, um, wherever you are, whenever you are in the world. Um, yes, it's nice and sunny here in rural Westmeath, so long may it last. It's been a long winter. <laughs> I couldn't agree more <laughs> with you, Sersha. And I suppose it's a focused 10 minutes, so we'll kick off straight away. Yeah. Um, can you explain to me what blockchain means to you, Sersha Mulligan? It's such a great question, and uh, it completely opens up the purpose behind why I'm interested in this technology, and more importantly, the philosophy and the opportunity behind it. Um, so I've been in financial services in corporate and treasury banking for over 10 years in my earlier career and then moved into the world of fintech in 2016. Um, I'd moved around to a couple of different banks and I hadn't seen anything innovative or different in any of the brands, just the same products and propositions with different badges on the doors. Um, and when I started to become intrigued about fintech and the possibilities of change, um, I began to consult um, in fintech in Ireland when I moved back and I uh, immediately fell down the rabbit hole and multiple multi-universe uh, uh, rabbit holes of blockchain and for me um, blockchain wasn't about bitcoin or crypto that came years later for me it was about the uh, challenging systems and systems of systems. So the monetary system, the um, uh, political system, the economic system, and particularly for those who were excluded. And in my FinTech days, I was consulting with FinTechs who were um, solving problems for SMEs who were um, marginalized by the banking crisis. So these FinTechs were solving the funding gap. And my role was to go out into the field all across Ireland from top to tip, uh, from uh, east to west. And I spent a lot of time in Galway in the med tech sector, actually. Um, and I met a lot of different categories of SMEs. Um, and mostly on the upper scale, uh, who were solving problems for, um, for multinationals in the global supply chain of um, the uh, hundreds of, of uh, or even thousands of, SA, of, of multinationals in Ireland. And what I started to find while I was meeting um, SMEs, and they could have a revenue turnover of um, 500,000, or they could have a revenue turnover of um, 20 million, but there was a common divide and a common gap that was missing across all of these SMEs in addition to finance, and that was technology. And this was 2016, 2017. So by the time it came to 2018, and I started to hear more and more about the uh, consortium in uh, the multinational supply chain across the world, um, and this was across every single sector and, you know, the Fortune 500, this, the S&P 500. Uh, and so many of the customers, the SMEs that I was working with were in the supply chain, yet the majority didn't even have an ERP system. Um, you know, they had uh, stacks of paper as their financial systems on windows behind them in offices in the mountains of uh, Tipperary or Kilkenny or um, down in Cork and Kerry, um, all across the country, you know, Northern Ireland as well. Um, and I started to think, um, what is it going to mean for these SMEs 
if they don't adopt very quickly to an ERP technology um, that's affordable for them at, at minimum, because at some stage in the uh, uh, MNC relationship, the corporate relationship, they will have a review. And if the corporate doesn't have, um, have access to an API that they can extract immediate financial or compliance information, then the likelihood is they're either going to be dropped from the supply chain or they're going to be um, demanded to um, adopt and invest in an ERP system that's beyond their financial means. And I mean, some of the SMEs um, had told me that the, um, because they were looking for finance to invest in an ERP and this didn't exist in Ireland and the fintechs weren't willing to take the risk on it either. It was traditional receivables lending or, um, um, or asset back lending or uh, loans. And an ERP system would cost um, out of the box €100,000 or depending on revenue, 10% of revenue. And it would take about three years for them to onboard it and upload it and implement it across the organization. And I mean, an SME doesn't have time for that. They don't have the resources, either financial or human, um, to implement that. And I started to think, you know, why is this not easier? Why is it not more accessible? And I did some secret, secret shopper activity where I contacted a lot of the big um, multinationals that provided ERP systems for, um, for SMEs. And I uh, pretended to be uh, an SME of different types and went through their onboarding process and the different modules that they have for ERP system. And it was just so cumbersome. It was, you know, a pigeonhole, you have to squeeze into this, or if it doesn't have the right module for you, you have to buy another one and you have to adopt it. And that takes time. And then you have to get a developer. Um, and this went on and on. Um, and then I started to hear about um, Ant Financial last year in particular, um, Ant Financial in, the, um, uh, in, the, in, in China have created a, um, uh, or have, uh, <laughs> have committed to onboarding 1 million um, uh, SMEs onto their blockchain in the next three years at a modifiable and affordable accessible level. So this is starting at um, $14 per module per month and it can be modified. Um, I mean, there's, it depends on, on what research you look at. There's uh, sometimes it says 38 million um, uh, um, uh, SMEs in China. And um, so what does 1 million mean to that? But then if you read other research, there's something like 141 million SMEs. So it's still a very small amount, but at the same time, it creates innovation, um, interoperability, and it makes the, the technology more accessible to a wider group. And like, think about the impact that it will have on a supply chain. So if you compare it to what happened with um, QR codes, um, so quick response codes in the auto industry back in Japan in 1994, um, it was originally um, created to speed up the, um, the, the uh, manufacturing process across the auto trade. But the company that um, created it didn't have the money to develop it. So they made the patents open to encourage other companies to use it and develop it. So they were solving interoperability and it did work. Now, at the moment, we're kind of uh, tapered with uh, bureaucracy and patents in the blockchain world, and we need a more um, uh, open and um, uh, inclusive uh, proposition in Europe in particular for our SMEs. Um, 
so I mean that blockchain and financials blockchain um, has the capability to process and support 1 billion user accounts and 1 billion transactions every day. So where is Europe's and financial? Um, so I guess what I'm saying to people out there in the next, um, in the next two minutes or the last two minutes we have, um, to all the developers and innovators out there who are not all about the money and driven by so, uh, solving simple, common mass market problems, Think about your role in building the infrastructure that includes Ireland's 265,000 SMEs, Europe's 25 million, um, the world's 400 million plus. Um, build affordable, accessible, inclusive and modifiable tech with your local SMEs, micro businesses, small businesses in mind. And don't just aim to be a unicorn. Don't just aim to be um, uh, as a, a cog in the wheel of, a, of a, a multinational corporation or public sector or, um, uh, or a financial institution. Think outside the box and help our essential economy, our SMEs. Okay, thanks a million for that, Sarka. It's really fascinating to hear about the, you know, the Ant Blockchain Open Alliance and how they're yeah. attempting to reduce um, barriers of entry to SMEs. Um, I'm, re I'm really going to pay interest to that to see um, how that pans out and then over the next couple of months and year. And um, it aligns nicely what you were saying um, in an article I was reading in the European Business Review, where you know SMEs are being constrained by, um, you know. They're being priced out, basically, of yeah. trying to get into the, the blockchain market um, in terms of availing of skilled workers, in terms of availing of the technology, in terms of availing of data to work with the technology. Yeah. So it's just what you've been going over the last 10 minutes is really interesting. And what I'll do is I'll put a few links to those case studies um, yeah. underneath this podcast to bring um, increased awareness of them. Brilliant. And think about the need um, for further application um, to uh, international standard uh, reporting, to ISO reporting, to global reporting standards, to financial reporting standards, global and international, um, to compliance for finance and other uh, regulatory compliance, COVID and sustainable development. So all of these have to be um, accessible at the click of a button, invisible and easy to use and affordable. Fantastic. A brilliant way to round up. Thanks again, Sorsha <laughs> Mulligan, founder of the SME chain for your time today. And um, I look forward to keeping an eye on all your um, developments in blockchain over the next few years. Thank you. Thanks so much, Trevor. Appreciate it.